The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the most exciting and popular sports that has really exploded in the last, say, 10, 15 years is mountain climbing. Mountain climbing is a very challenging sport. Those who are more adventurous do it, of course, on real mountains outdoors, but the indoor sport has taken off as well. Indoor mountain climbing is very popular among the young, and we have one here in Sarnia. A number of years ago, when I was younger, I actually tried it, and it was extremely challenging. It's a good workout physically and mentally. You have to be mentally sharp to know where to climb next, how to get to the top. There's various routes you can take. Well, I say this because in today's Gospel, Jesus invites us to do some rock climbing as he begins his Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes that we've heard in our Gospel are like stepping stones on the ascent to this life of love, this life of spiritual perfection. The summit of the whole gospel is right here. Unfortunately, we can at times look at that beatitude and say, that is very beautiful teaching, and kind of leave it there in the abstract. Like our favorite painting we hang on the wall in our house, and. Occasionally we look at it from a distance, or admire it, but not really enter in. I would propose that the Beatitudes are really only beautiful when we make them part of who we are, when they instantiate themselves right deep into our interior life. One of the ways we can do that is to practically live it out in the most intimate relationships that we have, which is family, marriage raising children, interacting with siblings and extended family. That's where God really wants us to climb that mountain because it can be steep at times. We know family life is very challenging. We just have to look at the divorce rate to see that. So let's look at the first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And we can add blessed are the meek. Now in terms of God, when we recognize that we're in need, that we don't have everything ourselves in order, and we're open and receptive to a relationship with God, then things start to fall into place. That neediness, 
in our relationship with God is also with respect to our family members when we really do know that we need each other in the family, that we're interdependent, we're not isolated, that's when the Beatitudes become really beautiful. So the person in our family, whether it's a spouse or children, when they're really poor in spirit, they exercise humility, gentleness, an unimposing attitude, open, receptive, and especially with the spouses being open to listen, really listen to one another, to consider from their perspective what they're saying, not just what they're speaking, but what they're feeling, to try to enter into their opinion and respect who they are. When that type of communication is within the family, then truly one begins to see the family inheriting the kingdom of God. And that first beatitude is a present tense beatitude, that the kingdom of God can presently be manifested in our lives. Now the opposite vice would be, of course, an attitude where a person in the family overshadows or is domineering or harsh or arrogant and says, it's my way, I've decided. That kind of domineering attitude can really destroy good communication and this family beatitude. The next few beatitudes I want to group together. Blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the merciful, and blessed are the peacemakers. Now what does it mean to mourn? Well, in the context of a relationship, it means to suffer with another person who is hurting, to walk with them in their pain, to step into their shoes, how important that is in family life. The movie To Kill a Mockingbird contains a moving scene in which Atticus Finch says to his children, if you want to understand another person, you must crawl inside their skin and walk around with them. How important is this for family life? Because as we know, most families have struggles and certain members of the family have more struggles than others. And there's various ways in which that interaction can happen. A very dysfunctional way would be for those members who are not struggling as much to step away or even worse, ridicule or distance or criticize the one who's really undergoing some kind of crisis. That applies right across the board in all of our relationships within the family. When we mourn in this sense, then we tend to be more merciful, which is the fifth beatitude. And when we're more merciful, then the family is at peace because there's forgiveness. So notice how the Beatitudes build on one another. So they're cumulative. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus says, they will be called children of God. In terms of spouses, though, to be able to forgive is so critical, as you know. Forgiveness, especially those little hurts, that can so quickly build up. And if they're not dealt with, turn into resentment. And resentment is not good within a marital relationship. But it's hard to forgive, for sure, unless we are poor in spirit, the first beatitude, unless we're able to mourn with that person who has hurt us. It's the second beatitude, unless we're meek, the third beatitude unless we've stepped into the shoes of the other and shown mercy. 
the fifth beatitude. So we, again, we see the cumulative effect of living the beatitudes brings this great peace in the family. Now, admittedly, none of this is easy, especially in the heat of the moment when the family is in crisis. And all of this is pretty steep climbing indeed. But when there is this effort to bring peace to the family through living the Beatitudes, then we transition into the last group, and that's related to this willingness to sacrifice. To sacrifice our own ego, our own comfort, to be the first to step out and reconcile, to say, I'm sorry. To be the first to really forgive when we don't feel like it. That's that beatitude. Blessed are those, Jesus says, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Here we get close to what the martyrs faced in the early church and were willing to do, which is why this powerful Roman Empire, which conquered the whole world, was converted. Because the early Christians lived as family, we see that in the Acts of the Apostles. And they treated their enemies as family, which was absolutely unheard of in that Roman Empire. Meekness was a vice for the Romans. Humility was not to be practiced. Strength, domineering, they conquered the world. And here was this little group of Christians. Paul makes this point in the second reading where he says, consider your call. He's speaking to his little congregation who are poor and not so wise in the eyes of the world and certainly not of noble birth. Consider your call. God chose you. He elected you. He appointed you to be family to this pagan Roman Empire. And they obeyed. And the empire converted in a very short time. Unbelievable. Well, the good news is that each of these Beatitudes starts with the word blessed. To the extent that we try to live out this Beatitude, we are blessed. Rejoice, Jesus says, be glad, for your reward is great in heaven and within the family. So how do we know whether we're really climbing the mountain of God's love? when we apply the Beatitudes, again, right in our family dynamic, our most intimate relationships. In fact, the Beatitudes can really act as an examination of conscience. So when we go to confession, before we go, we're supposed to examine our lives. Really a good way to do it is to take those Beatitudes and work through them and see, am I really living these out? Because they really go into the depth of our heart, our attitudes, motives, their willingness to suffer for others. What Jesus is saying is, if you really want to be happy and experience deep joy, live the Beatitudes. We all know and we've experienced times of darkness, or at least a kind of fog, a drab kind of existence, where things just get difficult day after day. We become easily agitated, critical, angry, Frustrated, Life just sort of grinds along. Jesus says, live the Beatitudes, make them a priority, and the dullness will lift, because you will be like Christ. 
and there is no greater joy this side of heaven. So yes, the Beatitudes are like rock climbing. They put us through our paces. They exercise us right out of our egos, our selfishness. But like the mountains, they are beautiful as we ascent each one of them. We're given a clearer view of who Jesus is and the abundant life, the life he wants to live in us. I'll just end with this little quote I came across. A leading psychiatrist once wrote that if you were to take the sum total of all the journal articles and books ever written by the most qualified psychologists and psychiatrists on the subject of mental health and happiness, and you combine them and refine them and cut out the excess verbiage, and if you took those bits of scientific knowledge concisely expressed by the most capable poets, you would have an awkward and incomplete summary of the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. This is God's great gift to us. And as the early Christians turned their world upside down because they lived the Beatitudes, let us do the same in our world that's facing its own crisis. We know people are divided against each other. Lots of violence going on. God has given us this great teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. Let us rejoice and live it out and experience God's blessings.